The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. Well, today is the Festival of All Saints, a day that we remember the, the saints who've gone on before us to heaven, whose faith we imitate, and who we can learn from or waiting for us in the land that knows no end. I tell you, today's account in our gospel is about three of those saints in heaven right now waiting for us, two sisters named Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus. And I am really looking forward to getting to heaven to ask them a few questions because this is just a fascinating account about this fascinating family that was in, oh, upper social circles of Jerusalem, a wealthy family that lived in the suburbs of Jerusalem that ended up becoming good friends with a man named Jesus of Nazareth. Now Martha maybe is remembered most often as being the one who was busy trying to do the work while her sister Mary sat and listened at Jesus' feet, but, but I think Martha should be remembered for what happened today. Because in this gospel account that we have for today, we see Martha, well, Martha's a woman who had every reason to ask the question that she did. Every reason. Because honestly, Martha had pretty much done everything right when it came to her relationship with God and with Jesus. I mean, when this man, Jesus of Nazareth, began preaching, unlike other people, Martha listened. When this man said that the kingdom of heaven was advancing, drawing near, Mary was ready, Martha was ready for it and believed it. In fact, Martha believed that this man was exactly who he said he was, the Messiah, the one sent by God to solve the problem of sin. So what so many others in the upper crust of Jerusalem had missed, Martha did not. She believed where others doubted. She supported Jesus where others abandoned him. She helped Jesus when no one else would. That's why Martha had every reason to ask that question. Why, Jesus? Why would you let this happen to me? I mean, of all people, Jesus, why? I've trusted you. I believed in you. I've prayed to you. I've supported you. Why would you let this happen to me? You know, you have the same reasons to ask the question. Because you're just like Martha. You believe in this man from Nazareth. You're sitting here in this house of God today to praise him and to give him glory. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You're here to support him with your time, to support his ministry with your treasures, to give him glory with your life. You could be doing all sorts of different things this beautiful Sunday morning. You could be at home doing nothing at all this Sunday morning, but instead you're sitting right here, sitting in these pews to give him praise and glory. And just like Martha, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, it seems like you've done most things right. You're in a position of believing in the Son of God. You've repented of your sins. You're trusting in your Savior through faith, so you've got every reason, every reason to ask the question when something hard suddenly comes into your life. That, that terrible thing that's like a punch in the gut you never saw coming. I mean, your job, 
or your spouse, your, your child, or someone you love. You've got every right to ask Martha's question. Why, Lord? Why, why me? Why would you let this happen to me or somebody I love? I, I love you. I trust you. I believe in you. Why would you let this happen to me, Lord? Every reason to ask that question. Martha's hard time, her nightmare began when her brother got sick. Her brother Lazarus, he got sick and uh, no doubt Martha and Mary tended to him. But Lazarus didn't get better, he got, he got worse. Eventually, they must have wondered if Lazarus was sick enough that maybe he could die. As soon as they thought of that, they immediately knew what to do. They would send for Jesus, their friend. Because Jesus, when Jesus shows up, sickness doesn't stand a chance. I mean, they had watched this guy and heard about him healing people all across the countryside. When Jesus shows up, blind people can see, lame people can walk, deaf people can hear. This little sickness wouldn't stand a chance once Jesus showed up. So the two sisters, they send a messenger out to look for the teacher for Jesus. And the message that they send, it, well, it communicates the gravity of the situation and really makes two points. Listen to what it said. Lord, the one you love is sick. First of all, they were reminding Jesus of the special relationship he had with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He was their friend. Lord, you, you love Lazarus, and he's sick. And then there's that plea that says, won't you come? Won't you come fix this? Please come and make him better. Messenger goes out, finds Jesus and the disciples, delivers the message from the sister, and Jesus says this. This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that the, God, the Son of God may be glorified through it. I'm sure the sisters were very heartened to hear that response when the messenger came back. But then, then Jesus does something really odd. He just stays there for two days. Doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't take a step towards Bethany. Stays right there while back in Bethany, Lazarus gets sicker and sicker until he stops breathing and he dies. If you've been around long enough, you know what those sisters were going through, what those days looked like as they prepared for a funeral, as they uh, put Lazarus' body in a tomb that they had prepared. I mean, surrounded by friends, but that doesn't, that doesn't take away the hurt. After those two days of waiting, Jesus said to his disciples, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. At this point in the gospel, when the, the gospel's talking about Jesus' disciples, it's not always all that complimentary when it comes to their faith life or their spiritual understanding. Right? They're, they're never described at this point in the gospel as like spiritual whiz kids who are splitting the atom at summer camp. They're described a little bit more spiritually like that kid you see at the restaurant stuck in the airlock, pushing on the pull door. Right? That's a good description of the disciples' spiritual understanding at this point, pushing on the pull door. And they say to Jesus, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll get better. Jesus is like, no, he's dead. He's dead, but we're going to go to him. In those two sentences, do you see the, the vast potential that Jesus said is waiting for them to be seen? 
I mean, here on this festival of all saints, we remember what Jesus said here, that death is not final. Not for, not for you and me. He says it's like someone's fallen asleep, and I'm going to go wake him up. Death is not the end. Jesus is going to unwrap for his disciples the, the true nature of what life with Messiah is like. He says, let's go to Bethany. When Martha heard that Jesus' entourage was making its way into Bethany, she didn't wait. She went out on the road to meet him. And her first words to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if, if you had been here, well, what's her point? I mean, you know it, right? Is she angry? Is she chiding Jesus? Is she hurt? She's certainly grieving. I think you can hear in those words the feelings that you and I have too when hard things come into our life and say, Lord, where were you? Because if you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. I think you can hear in her too the, the implicit statement, Lord, you healed people all over Galilee. Why weren't you, heal, weren't you here to heal the one that you love? But you know, Martha said something else. She said, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Martha had every reason to ask the question because, precisely because, she believed in him. Because she knew that Jesus had the power to fix her problem. You know, this is so much like you and me. I mean, when trouble comes into our life, the first thing we want to ask is, we want to ask God, why? Why me? Why did you let this happen? If you'd been around, Lord, if you'd been keeping track, if you cared, Lord, this wouldn't happen. But, you know, um, at the same time that we accuse God of not being fair to us or accuse God of not caring about us, we're also confessing our faith in him because you can't ask questions of God unless you believe he's there to answer. You can't accuse God of not being fair unless you believe that he's got the power to make it right. We wouldn't ask questions of him if we didn't think he was there to answer. But this struggle that we have, the struggle that Martha's dealing with, well, she brought it to Jesus, looking for an answer. And Jesus answered her, and in a way, answered every one of our questions too. He said this first. He said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus spoke some words meant to transform Martha's understanding of the question and of the answer. He spoke some of the most beautiful words recorded in the Bible. He said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Martha, you've seen me raise people from the dead before, but I do more than that. I do more than give resurrection. I am resurrection, and I am life. I am the solution to mankind's problem. I can fix everything that sin and death has destroyed. I am resurrection, and I am life. And if someone is connected to me, he's part of me, and death has no hold on him anymore. If he dies in me, he will live forever. Martha, do you believe this? 
And Martha, this is what we should remember her for. This most beautiful confession of faith at a time when the religious leaders weren't even paying attention and the disciples were stuck pushing on a pull door. Martha says, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. That confession, she gets it all. She says, I, I believe you are the Christ. You're the one anointed by God to solve the problem of sin. You're the Son of God who, sat, uh, who sits on the eternal throne of heaven but became flesh, became mankind to be my Savior. You were the one who was to come into the world. You were the one to whom all the prophets pointed. You're the fulfillment of all God's promises. You are the Christ, the Son of God who was to come into the world. And armed with that faith, she took Jesus to the tomb, sealed with a rock, a place where death ruled. And Jesus said, take away the stone. The people objected because, because death has an ugly face after four days. But Jesus wouldn't be deterred. He was going to show these people that Martha had every reason to ask the question. He was going to show these people once and for all that death had no hold on his people, that death was not in charge any longer. And he said, Lazarus, come out. And a, a dead man walked out of his grave. A man who'd been dead and buried for four days walked out of his grave. Jesus performed the greatest miracle of his ministry to show that Martha had every reason to ask the question because he had every bit of power he needed to make what was wrong in her life life right again. And Lazarus was walking and talking and living proof Can you imagine what it felt like when they peeled off the grave clothes and they gave him back to his sisters to laugh and to live and to love? We have every reason to ask Jesus the question when trouble comes into our life. Not because we're such good Christians, not because we've got such a good relationship with God, nothing like that, no. We've got every reason to ask the question because of two things that Jesus promised us. That number one, he loves you more than he loves anything else in the whole universe. And number two, he is in complete control of this world. So it's a fair thing to ask when trouble comes into our life, then okay, why, Lord? Why is it? Here's the deal, though. The devil wants you to ask that question, too. He just wants you to ask that question while you're walking away from Jesus, while you uh, are wondering why you got such a raw deal, while you're distancing yourself from your Savior. That's how he wants you to ask the question. Today, Jesus, though, invites us to ask it like Martha, going out to Jesus, bringing it straight to Jesus, not taking it to her broken heart, not taking it to her empty home, but taking her question to her Savior. And he answered, He answered her so he could answer you and me too. He fixed what was broken in her life so that you might know that Jesus one day is going to fix everything that's broken in yours. Now listen, I'm not going to give you some, some sort of platitude when you're dealing with something really hard in your life and try to show you how God's going to make something special out of it. That's not my job. There are times in life that all we can do is, is like Jesus before the tomb. And he wept. I mean... Jesus wept at Lazarus' tomb even though he knew what he was about to do. Because sometimes in this broken world, this is what happens and we have to cry. 
But Jesus didn't stop with tears. Jesus had his cry, and then he raised a man from the dead to prove to you that one day, everything that's broken in your life, he's going to make right. One day, when we're standing in the land that has no end, we'll see how absolutely every bit of it was for our good and for God's glory. But until then, until then, what he invites us to do is ask the question, just ask it running towards Jesus, not away. Because, you know, Jesus was there in Bethany for a reason. He was on his journey to the cross and to his eventual tomb. You know, tombs, they should be a place of defeat unless they're empty. The empty tomb of Lazarus had to be a place of great joy that day. The empty tomb of Jesus on Easter Sunday was a place of great victory, and it guarantees that one day there'll be empty tombs of you and me when we're raised to life, to a land that knows no end, to join the saints in heaven in a place where everything broken is made right again, and give God the glory he's due. God grant it. Amen.